Well, welcome back to the Mend Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Roder from Red's Fly Shop. And I'm sitting here on the bank of the Yakima River with a couple of great guys. Uh, Tom Larimer, brand manager at G. Loomis. And Jacob Zirkel, local sales rep and fishing guru. How are you guys doing? Great. It's I'm nice good. to be okay. here. So, uh, introduce yourself. Give us the give us the one minute. Uh, boy, that's not much time. Give us the one <laughs> minute. One minute on uh, a lot of a lot of regular, you know, longtime anglers know Tom Larimer. To think you need an introduction is kind of silly, but uh, give us a couple minutes on Tom Larimer. Where you been? What you're up to? Yeah, I started. Uh, you know, I started in this industry uh, back in uh, the mid '90s. I was a, a fishing guide and. Had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in uh, some wonderful places. I guided in Michigan. I worked up in Alaska for a number of years, uh, and ultimately, uh, after a bunch of really fun adventures, I ended up in uh, Oregon about 15 years ago. And uh, <clears throat> through uh, through all of that, I ended up starting my own business. Uh, oh, back in the mid 2000s or so, and did that for about 10 years. And uh, a couple years ago, decided to hang up the guide hat and. Uh, get a big boy job so now I'm uh, uh, working for G Loomis uh, we're based out of Woodland Washington and uh, really having a lot of fun with it it's been a, an interesting life transition for sure but a lot of the the things that I got to do in the past uh, with product development uh, which I've had uh, the great fortune of working with a lot of different companies and still do work with airflow on uh, spay line design and uh, you know I, I still get to have that fun part um, in, in this job um, but uh, get to work with guys like Jake uh, and, and the rest of our rep group, and uh, it's really fun to you know sell fly rods. Uh, Jake, where have you been? What are you up to? So uh, I was born down here in Washington, moved up to Alaska when I was six, got my first fly rod when I was seven, and basically loved it ever since, and started a guide service up there and ran it um, out west for a little bit, moved back to the Kenai Peninsula, and kind of got made that my base so I can spend time with my family. And through all that... Um, had kids, wife, decided to move back down here, and when I did, I took a real job um, recycling a bunch of different materials and missed the, missed the industry, missed the people, missed all my friends. So um, this position came around, and I kind of jumped on it and was lucky enough to land it. And so since then, I've been working with Tom and the crew and, and again, selling a lot of fly rods and having fun trying to help them wherever I can. Awesome. I only need 30 seconds. Mine's shorter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gives us more time to talk <laughs> exactly. trout space. So, uh, yeah, we're out fishing on the Yakima today. It's a beautiful sunny day, which is absolutely ideal for sitting in the shade on the riverbank like we're doing right now. Not as great for the bite when it comes to trout space, although we've had some action. Uh, um, they've just yeah. been a little tentative to actually commit to. They don't want to play, they're not suicide. Coming up and saying hello to us. I think our problem might be we're fishing really big flies <laughs> looking for bigger fish. And uh, the small ones small ones tend to sideswipe it and short strike it a little bit. But we're having fun doing some product testing and stuff. But our topic today is going to be trout spay. Um, and trout spay has been one thing where a lot of guys uh, enjoy spay casting. They love that journey of casting and, and pursuing fish on a two-handed rod. And Tom, you've you've guided steelhead for years. I mean, that's really what's, you know, your reputation is a steelhead fishing guru mm-hmm. and guide uh, with a two-handed rod. But tell us about your transition to Trout's Bay and, you know, kind of what that's done or you've seen that do for anglers, including yourself, and, and taking the leap into light rods and targeting trout on the swing. 
Yeah, it's been a, a really, really fun journey. You know, um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but uh, in the springtime after winter steelhead is done, I get pretty, pretty trouty. <laughs> and for about two months of my guide season when I was doing it, uh, you know, really j jumped headfirst into it. And I absolutely love trout fishing. I love the technical aspect of it, the casting and, you know, presentation and all that stuff, the entomology. Um, but obviously, you know, two-handed fishing has been something that's consumed me uh, for a really long time now and uh, love love doing it myself, love teaching it and helping other people become good at it. And so many of my clients were also addicted. Many of them kind of gave up trout fishing uh, simply because they just loved the cast and they loved the swing and the feel of a fish, you know, eating on a tight line. Uh, and so it was sort of this natural progression. I I started doing it about, I don't know, eight, eight, ten years ago or so. And, uh, you know, back then there really wasn't the equipment uh, that was out there. Uh, so a lot of the equipment we were either, you know, making or just making do with what we had. Um, so this last, I would say, you know, six years or so has been really a neat time in, in the world of, of trout spay fishing because it's it's actually existed for a long time. I mean, Jake has been doing it up in Alaska for forever. Um, although those trout are almost like steelhead, they're so yeah, big, but, much. um, you know, Jake's been doing it for even longer than I have. And, uh, you know, but what I think is really cool is it's very accessible to the consumer now, where in the past it was kind of one of those, well, you know, get the duct tape and the bailing wire out and kind of make, make something work. We now have, you know, rods specifically designed, uh, to, to, for this fishing application. We have fly lines for it. And now you're seeing this kind of new generation of swing flies coming out um, and, and it's really cool to watch I mean I get to one of the cool things about my job is I get to travel all over the country and uh, I will tell you man going through Montana and Idaho and Wyoming and throughout the entire Rockies and even in the Midwest and Northeast and believe it or not even uh, in Florida I did I went spay casting for uh, for largemouth bass down on the St. John's River there's this growing demand outside of the salmon and steelhead market, which has always sort of been, you know, the space space, this huge growing demand for, for two-handed fishing, and it's driving this, uh, you know, sort of revolution of, of new products. And I think what's, I think the most exciting part, and I'm willing to bet that, you know, you've kind of found this, because I know you've done this a lot, Joe, is that we're sort of writing the book on this right now. There, there really isn't a book. There's, there's not really videos. Um, but it's, there's certain shops like Reds that has really, you know, done a great job at creating a lot of, uh, content online, a lot of videos and blogs. And, and so the information is becoming more accessible and, you know, and I, I don't know, are you guys guiding for this, for swing fishing now here on the Acma? Yeah, we get a lot of guided guests that come out that want to give it a try. Yeah. Um, you know, they want us to, you know, provide a rod, you know, get them in, get them in the river. And we got a lot of people that have been on numerous steelhead trips and have yet to hook a fish on a swung fly in a two-handed <laughs> rod. <laughs> My they come out here and have a great day. Exactly. Yeah, let's do trout so we can get more bites and then we can get a little confidence and we can learn all those things like, you know, how fast does my fly sink? You know, For wow, sure. when I cast upstream a little bit and give it a mend, I get more bites. <laughs> or when I cast upstream and give it a mend, I snag bottom. Uh, and so I need to cast downstream a little bit more. So there's all these discoveries that can happen in a low, I would describe trout fishing as a bit of a low stakes environment, short of what Jake's history is, which is like, I'm guessing 24 inch leopard striped rainbows. We're targeting 
10 to 18 inch rainbows so it's a little bit lower stakes if we miss a fish or we miss a cast or we have to spend a couple of days getting good at it with trout fishing it's not the same high stakes nature of a three-day steelhead trip somewhere Absolutely. well or, i think it goes both ways joe i mean i think what what i'm seeing is you have people that are addicted to spay casting that maybe in the winter time and the rivers on the west side of the state oh, are all wow. blown out they can come over over here and still get get their uh, their fix on um and, and i think that that's that's really neat but then as you said you know you've got people who have never picked up a spay rod before and this is a great way to get into the sport on a little bit maybe a little bit less investment of time and energy to actually find some success like you would need to in steelheading yeah more bites now jake what you tell us a little bit about the gear and where you you've been trout spaying in alaska and just give us kind of a, a back backdrop on on your alaska trips and where you've worked up there and how trout spay influenced your guiding there yeah, I mean, there was there was people in the industry that were coming up, and a lot of it was the guides from this area that were big-time steelheaders with the two-handers. And they were coming in, and I first picked one up about 11 years ago, and it was it made sense because as a guide, these a lot of our clients don't have the time, the energy, or the patience sometimes, and it's the fisheries to cast seven or eight-weight fly rods with heavy sinking outlines and big, you know, we're using huge articulated leeches, single, you know, large loop flies and everything else like that. They're heavy. Um, so when they get in the boat and they're used to fishing a creek like this with dry flies, it's a big challenge to get them out there. And they pay a lot of money to come visit, you know, myself or anybody else up there. So the first thing I saw was like, I got to get them in the fish, you know, and, and as a guide, that's our job. So um, I wanted to learn and learn the craft and, and just excel more in the sport. And so I got into it. And I, the, I remember the first trip, it was another reps, one of his favorite buddies comes up and, or comes to Alaska and comes up to, with me and, and his buddy had never really fished. And this guy, this other guy's traveled all around the world. And he's fished everything with two hands, single hand, whatever. He's a stellar fisherman. Gets in the boat. Uh, we were nymphing at this point in time. The nymph, the, the, the nymphing game turned off right away. It got really cold. Fish moved into deeper water. Um, I knew exactly what was happening. We got him out of the water, had him casting spare rods. The other guy was like, I'll take you around the boat, and we'll go swing some leeches out of the boat. We were both going to get hooked multiple times in that first day. So, um, I, you know, I talked to him about it. I was like, hey, Luke, I can, I can work on your casting, and we can go through this progression, and it, it'll be a great experience for you. Or if you, your whole catch is just to catch fish, and that's your, your, your thing you want to get off on, let's go do that. I can teach you spay really quick. And even if it's a 60-, 70-foot cast by the end of the week, we'll get you plenty of fish. You'll be, you know, kind of safe doing this. And, and he jumped right in, and it was funny. The first night, his, uh, the gentleman that came up got a 30-inch, and the second guy that was the new guy got a 28. The next day, he got a 32, and he was like, man, this is easy. And it's like, well, this is Alaska, you know. <laughs> this doesn't happen everywhere you go. But he was fishing, even on a bad cast, he's fishing, and he's not getting wearing out his body. He's not tiring himself out. And so right away, it clicked. Like, I got to get more into this. I got to watch guys like Tom, you know, feed off of stuff you're doing down here at Red's and learn that game and then the reps were coming in my boat and i was picking their brain and like i said we the guys out west were doing it because the guides were lower 48 guides typically and so they understood it better than where we were at and i was one of the first few on the on the kenai peninsula that was really jumped in on it there was three or four of us that really about the same time all just really wanted to step up the level and it, it opened up a lot of stuff for us you know it made me think a little differently on how you know to fish things and where to fish things and then you know as i'm traveling around um when I talk to shops or uh, customers at events, they're always asking about this trout spay now because of, you know, all the YouTube videos and little little blitzes on Facebook and Instagram. 
And so my thing is I always tell them, you can go learn to catch a steelhead with the spare rod, and you might it might take you 30 days before you touch your first one, you know. It might take you two years. We don't know. But if the rivers are blown out, if you just want to get some experience and that confidence, like you said earlier, the trout spay is a phenomenal way to go. The waters are pretty much the same in the seasons of the trout and the, and the steelhead. I mean, in the summertime, they're in these faster little, you know, quick water where there's more oxygen and then in the fall they're dropping down and then getting that transition zone in the winter they're in the deep buckets so as a new person coming in us it's a great way to get the confidence figure out the sport figure out what you're doing wrong like you said earlier and then you're hooking fish like it's rare to have a bad day where you don't touch a trout you know they're a little more eager to grab yeah the angler confidence level goes way up when they can hook trout successfully and then they could go apply those same casting techniques and presentation strategies with maybe a twist for steelhead, but their confidence level goes way up. So for you, you really jumped into it as a method of self-preservation. Yeah. You didn't want to start getting hooked by these guys. <laughs> Legitimately, that was the first time. It was, you know, I didn't see, we all sat around campfires talking about, is it going to take off in Alaska? We didn't think it would in our, no one was asking about it. We, I grew, you know, the river I grew up on and guided on for so many years, it's a large river. Tom knows he was there too. And it's a large river. I mean, it's perfect for spay, but it's so seasonal in Alaska that the spay game isn't a year-round fishery. You know, it can't. You can you can dedicate your time as a spay angler, but your success rate's going to drop as soon as the salmon come in the river. And you can now transition towards salmon fishing. But if a guy only wants to chase trout, that goes away because then they start being flesh coming down the river and eggs coming down the river. And those fish just they only have a short window to feed, and they want to eat hamburgers and pizza all day long. They don't want to touch little stuff. They don't want to chase. They want to you know exude all this energy. They want to sit down and, and eat this stuff that's rolling by them. You know they have a, a snack buffet. So once that late season comes in and they start having a search for food, that was the prime time to do it. And it, it literally was uh, yeah an eye awakening experience. And, and one I will never forget, and it was still one of my favorite trips I've ever had. Yeah, really, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a spay epiphany. You know, Tom, you said something uh, that kind of resonated with me. You talked about being in a spay space. So I know there's something called a safe space, but what you're talking about, because I don't necessarily need a safe space, but I need a space space. <laughs> For me, like, I like being in my space space. I like getting out there in the river and it's quiet. I can hear the water rushing against my legs. Nobody's yakking at me. I don't have a guide telling me where to cast all the time. Yeah. We've talked a lot about kind of new people getting into this, but I... You know, I think it's also worth mentioning that there's a lot of advanced anglers out there, especially that have, you know, they've done it. They've, they've caught a lot of fish on dry flies. They've caught enough fish on, you know, indicator rigs that just something new, right? Just the, I think one of the greatest things about fly fishing is there's this discovery process. And as a guide, uh, you are, the good guides any rate, in my opinion, you are there to basically help facilitate that and and to to really kind of open that up for people ultimately they have to walk through the door um but for for those anglers have been fly fishing for a really long time uh man this is this is just a totally different texture to a sport that they probably think that they know really well and it's really exciting man i love doing new stuff you know we talked about i'm kind of getting into some new sports and it's fun to kind of back up and sort of have to start over with something and go through that discovery process learning about the rods and the lines and you know and this is it's, it's something it's a little bit more intimidating i think than single-handing 
Um, but that's why we have, you know, great shops like yours to help people kind of wade through all the information that's out there. And, uh, you know, there's not a better time to try it. Yeah, if you're not hungry as an angler, you need to, you need to pick up another discipline, mm -hmm. be it spay or a different species or, or whatever. Well, let's spend a few minutes, guys, uh, talking just, you know, tips and strategies. Um, mm -hmm. Jake, let's start with you. Give me, like, just a, you know, a minute or two on advice for somebody who's kind of on that beginner to intermediate level that's going to go target maybe they got a trip planned to alaska this summer or maybe it's russia which is yeah. you know you know alaska 2.0 perhaps exactly uh but maybe on the heavier trout end yeah. alaska rainbows doing some trout span we personally host a do-it-yourself trip on the quijack yep. um, with a which is great spay water yeah which we did our first kind of our inaugural uh hosting of that event this last year so we're learning a little bit and we're going to do it again this next year but uh you know, hit on tackle technique in just a couple of minutes on uh, advice for somebody who's heading for, you know, bigger rainbows, uh, northern latitudes. Yeah, so in Alaska, we, for the most part, it's a Skagit game. There's short windows, and Quijack's got it, Knack-Knack's got it, Kenai Peninsula's got it on the Kenai, where you can go in with Scandies and do some grease lining with some smolt patterns early in the season, and that be in June and sometimes in the first week of July. So depending on the time of year you're going, you can go in there and use your Scandi lines, and, and you typically it's the six, seven, and eight weight rods, um, just because the fish, your chances on the spay rivers of the fish over that magic mark of 30 inches go way, way up. Um, and all those rivers have fish well over that. So you wanna go in there with some, you know, your steelhead gear, your, your summer to late fall steelhead gear. Um, and, and so there you're gonna run, you know, maybe poly leaders, maybe it's just, maybe you're straight floating the whole way and you're coming across with some poppers. But as it progresses in the past the nymph and the, the egg and flesh game, it's all sink tips, heavy, heavy sink tips, um, big, big black leeches, big, you know, Dalai Lama type stuff, olives, browns. And it's literally just searching and finding out if they're on flats or if they're out, you know, what time of year you're there, if they're on flats, if they're back islands, you know, if they're still kind of hanging behind the salmon, but they've turned on. You know, the other thing that I totally forgot about is more and more guys are starting to swing mice patterns or mouse patterns. Yeah. And the mouse game's big. It's always been big with the single-handers, but more guys, now that these new lines are coming out and they're efficient at throwing big, bulky flies, now guys are, you know, going back to skagits with a floating tip and coming back across with mouse. And that typically is that anywhere from May through July and August. And sometimes you can catch them right as they come off of the egg spawn and transition to the chasing the, you know, sculpins, leeches, and the lamprey, that they'll come back up. And I actually saw some photos the other day of a guy up there that was chasing them and doing really, really well on mouse patterns. And most guys aren't thinking about that because they're thinking nymph or they're thinking, you know, the, the big leech patterns. Um, but yeah, typically like on my boat, I was running a lot of seven weight, 12 and a half, 13 foot rods. I was always wanting the shorter rods. Um, it made more sense to me. But at that point when I started, like Tom said earlier, we weren't ready for it. And I was trying to figure out how to chop heads. And again, I was way behind the curve. So I was trying to watch, but as it's gone on, I think we've kind of pushed more to the 12 and a half and under club. Um, we're not cabin to cast extremely far, but as a guide you're looking at areas that don't get touched very much so you're looking at structure banks and places that are hard to cast and that skagit or that that spay cast helps you when you don't have a back cast 
So again, like I said, June, you're looking at the small bites, you know, June, July, and, and into the first week of August before the salmon start spawning, you're looking at the mouse patterns. Um, and then you can also throw your leeches and stuff like that. And then late in the fall, that late August, depending on your river, like a Quijack, you can get into it late August, but normally September, October, November, and then through the winter on some of the rivers, if you're still going up there, you're hardcore. Um, the, the, the sculpins and the streamers is where it's at. Mm-hmm. So. Now, uh, okay. It's fly rod Armageddon. There's no more fly rods. You have to choose one for Trout's Bay, Alaska. You get one rod, one line. What's it going to be? It's going to be, if I got to pick an actual rod, but it's going to be... You do have to pick one rod. So I, my, our new rod we have coming out, um, I like a lot. And uh, it's because it's the size, it's got the feel, it's got the touch. And it's the new IMX Pro 71111. It casts a 480 Skagit. It'll do any size fly we need for trout up there. But anything in that 7 weight from 11 foot to 12 and a half feet, you'll be fine. But for me, that under 500 Skagit line is perfect. You can get into 525s and that. But if I can keep it from 500 down to 450, so that sweet spot in there, and for me it's that 475, 480, that's the prime rod. You can cast T11. You can throw chunks of T14 if the guy's, you know, a, 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 a decent caster. You can easily throw T14. Um, you can throw all the leech sizes we need to throw. Um, you can animate the fly. You, If a fish comes in that's, you know, a player that we want to catch, it's those big, big guys, we still have the opportunity to catch them. Um, if you start dropping down six and that, it's not very fun. If you hook a big one, it could potentially hurt the fish. If you go up into the eight, if we're only catching 20 to 25-inch fish all day, which is a great thing to have happen, but an eight-weight kind of is overkill. So that seven is the prime prime rod for me. Yeah, and you're going to have some salmon overlap, too. Exactly. You're going to be you know, getting some silvers and other miscellaneous yeah. Pacific salmon. Exactly. All right, so, Tom, you're, you, know, you spent years on the Deschutes. Popular, you know, you did your obviously your steelhead guiding is you know what you're you know most known for but you spent a lot of time trout spaying uh how about a couple minutes on tips and tactics for doing some trout spay on uh you know a river like the yakima or the deschutes and then same question <laughs> trout spay armageddon you're going to be you're going to be fishing for uh civilian trout we'll call them yes. here in the lower 48 <laughs> what rod and line are you packing those average 12 to 20 inches yeah, so, uh, you know, I will say the, the one thing that I've kind of seen uh, with people that are getting into this transitioning from steelhead fishing is that oftentimes they try to make trout fishing into steelhead fishing. And it, it's a very different game. I mean, you know, first and foremost, you really kind of have to understand what the forage base is. And, you know, all the rivers are, are fairly different throughout the, the Rocky Mountains and, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest. But... You know, is, is there a lot of crayfish? Is there a lot of bait fish? Uh, you know, I know here on the Yakima, bait fish patterns are, are king. Uh, over on the Deschutes, there's a lot of times where you can't touch them on a bait fish, but something that imitates a crayfish works really, really well. So, um, you know, understanding that forage base, and, and then as well as, you know, kind of the entomology, because, you know, what we've kind of focused on streamer fishing a lot, but, you know, these are wonderful tools for swinging soft tackles and you know, caddis emergers and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, I will focus a little bit more on, on the streamer thing because I know that's what uh, all the steelheaders love to throw the big meat, right? So I would say that, um, you know, probably the biggest difference coming from that game is more times than not, we're adding some kind of animation to the fly. And uh, that animation is really going to be depending on, 
you know, the conditions that are in front of you as far as water temperatures and the type of water, um, and really just sort of the attitude of the trout. And the, the cool thing is there's not a right or wrong way to do it. There's a lot of different ways you can kind of, you know, move the fly around. But in general, uh, I would say that's one of the bigger differences. And, and I would say... Oftentimes I think these fish will eat a little faster swing than what we would typically think of with steelhead fishing. So I think the big takeaway for those of you guys listening is don't be afraid to experiment, play with the swing speed, play with the depths, and play with the different animations to, you know, bring some life to that fly because, you know, things that are out there in the river that are uh, swimming around, they, they typically aren't just swinging on a, on a dead swing. You know, they're, they're trying to get away from you know, from Mr. Trout coming up and making them into lunch. So, um, that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, as far as, you know, if I had to choose one rod, ooh, that's a really tough question. Are, are we talking Pacific Northwest or are we talking Rocky Mountains? Yeah, we're oh, one rod, man. One You're going to travel the Western U S you'd still fish the Northwest rod in the Rockies. I, I would say, <laughs> I, I would fish say that lie. a, uh, the, the rod, and I'm going to kind of second this, the new IMX pro, series that uh is just being released actually yesterday um what is it the 28th of september here that we're we're uh, talking so it just it just released 11 foot 11 four weight uh is just a, a sweetheart of a rod it's very very versatile it's got enough gas in the tank that if you've got a little bit of wind to contend with it'll go through the wind it'll throw up to uh 10 feet of t10 with like a sculptzilla fly on it um, I like the 330 grain uh, Skagit, uh, Skagit Scout by Airflow uh, for, for sink tip fishing. And, uh, and I can pretty much do, you know, everything I need to do uh, on the streamer side, uh, the soft tackle side, I would need another line for. Um, and I like the 300 grain uh, just switch float by Airflow for, for that style of fishing. Um, but I like, I love that setup, man, because if I do hook a big fish, I've got some, you know, I've got the, the rod that can handle, a, you know, say a, an 18 or 20 or even maybe a low 20 inch fish. But, you know, if you hook that, that 10, 11 incher, he's still going to give a little bend in the rod. Um, and uh, it's just a wonderful little little stick for, you know, I would say anywhere here in the Pacific Northwest and the Rockies. I might jump up to the five if I lived in Montana, just because you've got a lot of wind to contend with on some of those bigger, more open rivers. Yeah, good answer. I, uh, I'm torn. I've cast both today. I'm torn between that 11113 or that 11114. We just have to get both, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> nobody should own as much gear as I do. Hey, you uh, got well, a couple kids there you got to feed. Yeah, exactly, which is why you sh folks listening should go buy these rods at Red's Fly Shop, Jake. Thanks exactly. for the plug. i got to feed those kids. Uh, yeah, the IMX Pro is a fantastic rod. I enjoyed the heck out of casting and fishing it today. You can you can purchase those uh, at Red's Fly Shop, uh, either online or in store. We'd love to to be able to set you up with that. But uh, thanks a ton for joining, guys. Yeah, really you. appreciate it. I think thanks we got some. Us. Yeah, we got some fishing left to do. Yep.